0: If you have your Bibles, would you open them, please, to uh, just a passage or two, Galatians chapter 6 this morning, and Galatians chapter 6, and we'll just get right into this this morning. If you have a cell phone, if you'd be so kind to turn it off and uh, take it out of your hand, put it uh, in a pocket or in your purse, that would be a blessing, and show the Lord He's being honored today above anything else uh, Galatians chapter 6. Going to ask every young person to be very focused this way. And uh, of, of course, no talking once we get into the message. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 14. I'll read the text. And here's what it says But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. So the Apostle Paul is basically saying, you want me to brag? He said, I'm not going to brag on anything about me. He said, I'm going to say a lot about that cross right there. And uh, I love that about Paul. And then if you want to look at one other passage in Matthew chapter 27, if you would. Matthew chapter 27. And here's uh, what it says. As you're finding it, I'll quote a verse from Colossians. Uh, Where it says, but the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. There's something special about the cross. Something mighty special. So this passage, Matthew 27, is taking place while Jesus is on the cross. And notice as it looks in Verse 37, Matthew 27, verse 37. And set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. They that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple... And buildest it in three days, save thyself, if thou be the Son of God. Come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests, mocking him with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. Now all those things were said, verse 44, the thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. In other words, the two thieves were saying these same statements. They were all saying them. i want to speak on the thief on the cross this morning. I don't know if we're going to call him the good thief. I don't know if there is one. The good thief and the bad thief. That's what we're going to speak about this morning. So that's why the three crosses. Heavenly Father, would you help us as we draw a truth out of this story. Help it to be a help to us. Help our understanding be opened. And the truth make us free. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. If you could step inside of a time machine, if they had one. And you could go back 2,000 years and push the button to be in Jerusalem and on a certain street outside of the city walls, you would see a place that they call Calvary, which in Latin means cranium. In Greek, it's the word Golgotha, which means the skull. So it was a place where public executions took place. It was not on a hill far away. It would have been at street level with the hill as the backdrop. Criminals were crucified in Rome. It was a common way to torture. They were usually at ground level. They were not raised 20 and 30 feet up in the air. They wanted the citizens to realize, don't mess with Rome. Because if you break our laws, this is what happens to you. Also, as people walked down this major thoroughfare, they got to see up close criminals dying. It was not something they heard about in the newspaper or someone told them. They saw it publicly. Public lesson. Don't break our laws. You would have seen three crosses on one day. There would have been an angry mob. There would have been three people on the cross in the middle a Savior, on one side a sinner, and eventually on the other side a saint. Let me give you the circumstances leading up to it if you're new. Jesus was God. Miracles, healing, preaching, changed lives, a church established, prophecy in the Old Testament fulfilled hosannas to the king then envy crucify him crucify him hatred by religious leaders a betrayal arrest a fake trial crucifixion the beard the thorns the nails the spear the spitting the beatings the whippings It all happened there at the cross. Someone said the cross is the greatest positive. God offers a negative world. The cross is the big plus sign that makes God plus you. The cross crosses out all the negatives in our lives. A thief on each side. Representing all of mankind, believers, non-believers, lost, saved. Both were just feet apart from the Savior. Both had the same opportunity. But we talk about one that went to heaven, and then we talk about one that went to hell. Scripture calls them thieves. It never gives us their name. It doesn't tell us about their family, their upbringing. It never mentions their religion. It does not mention where they lived, what part of the region they grew up. It doesn't tell us detail. Were they the smash and grab thieves? No, they didn't live in America. Uh, uh, Were they stealing from the blind? Were they stealing from the government? It doesn't say. Did they begin as children? stealing things in the marketplace when no one was watching. Were they thieves as teenagers? It doesn't say. Later it adds, they were also murderers. Who did they murder? We're not told. Did they perhaps kill a Roman soldier? Did they perhaps kill someone while they were robbing? Was it premeditated? The scripture never said, it doesn't give us all of the details. All we know Earth's worst were crucified by heaven's best. The prince of glory was associated with sinners when he died. Both had mocked Jesus. both think, Can you imagine? If you're dying, it's one thing, but don't pick on another guy that's dying at the same time. Hey, you saved others. Won't you save us if you're the son of God? Hey. Uh, Will God have you? If God will have you, let God save you. Come off the cross and save us as well. What were they saying? They were both saying, We don't believe in you. And how many people in our society, they don't scream it, they don't cry it, but that's what they're saying. We don't even believe in you. What did they feel, Pastor? They felt burning hands because they also were nailed. They felt burning feet. They felt their strength waning and blood loss, heart rate increased. What did they see? They would have seen an angry mob. The Bible says, sitting down, they watched him there. It's one thing for someone to die. It's another thing for the room to be crowded with strangers that are mocking and taunting them. They saw gambling, Jesus' clothing being gambled for by the soldiers. They saw people sitting They saw Mary. They saw John. What did the thieves see? They saw the blood from Jesus dripping down. They saw the spit coming off of His face. They saw the sign over Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. By the way, He wasn't just Jesus of Nazareth. The world has always minimized the deity of God. He was Jesus from heaven and he was not just king of the Jews he's king of all kings king of the universe and so they always do that what, what did the thieves hear? they heard the scribes they heard the religious leaders they heard the mocking they heard women weeping they heard the laughter they heard the, uh, the repeating of words what did they hear? they finally heard Jesus speak seven sayings on the cross What did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that statement, I am told it's in the linear, he said it more than once. He kept saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What an example to us. If Jesus Christ is being mocked and spit upon and perhaps hit as people walk by, and he's constantly, Father, forgive them. What an example for us, huh? They're hearing him say this. Then he says to Mary, his mother, woman, which means sweet lady or kind lady, woman, behold your son. In other words, John's going to take care of you. Behold thy mother. On the cross, responsibility. He is still handling business on the cross. I'm the oldest son in the family. Mom, I'll take care of you. John, take care of mom. I'm about to leave. Uh, I want to make sure this business is handled. Boy, I just love that. Hey, where were all the people he healed? Where were the thousands he fed? Where were those that he raised from the dead? Where were the lepers that he cured and the blinded eyes that he healed? Where were all those people to help rescue him? We forget so quickly. What did did the thieves hear? They heard, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You never hear that in Scripture. Jesus on earth during his ministry, always called God his Father. But on the cross now he says, my God, as if speaking to the Father, my God, as if speaking to the Holy Spirit, why did he only say two? Three and one, God the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, three or one, we call it the Trinity. For the first time ever, there is a strain in the relationship. God, who is holy and perfect, sin had now been put on Jesus. He became sin for us, became our substitute. uh, uh, That that holy relationship was broken. Why hast thou turned your back on me? Then he said, I thirst. say, what was Jesus feeling? I believe he was feeling hell. The Bible says the sky turned dark. The sun was hidden. It was black and dark in the middle of the day. Darkness in hell. Thirst in hell. The fire in hell. Many scholars believe that was the moment God put the sins of the world on Jesus Christ. He became our substitute. Then he said, it is finished. Boy, I love that. That's my favorite one on the whole cross. It is finished. What's finished? I paid the debt. I paid the sins for mankind, past, present, future, who would ever be born, who was uh, uh, not born, who was uh, uh, living at that time. He had paid it in full. His blood had paid for the sins of the whole world, yours and mine. Then I love it when he said to the thief, well, I'll get on that in just a minute, But at the very end, he said, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. I love that. You say, well, pastor, what are you getting at there? So Jesus spoke. Now the thief speaks. I want you to see this for a moment, or I'll just read it. It's in Luke 23. We'll be done a little bit earlier than usual. But Luke 23, I want to give you this. And here's what it says. Finally, the thief speaks up. We have the crowd speaking. We have Jesus speaking. Both thieves are speaking. Now it's about six six hours or so on the cross. What has this thief seen? This thief has seen the angry mob and he's mocked Jesus. But now he is hearing. He is hearing Jesus speak seven times. Guess what? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. God himself, Jesus, is speaking. So the thief is actually hearing the literal words or the word of God. So he doesn't believe. I don't believe in you. I don't believe you're the son of God. Six hours pass. And look what he says. Luke chapter 23. And it says, verse 39. One of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, "Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? He rebuked the other thief. Shut up! And he says, And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. He said, We deserve this. We're thieves. We're murderers. We ought to be executed. I love this. He didn't play the victim card. He didn't blame his daddy. He didn't blame his mama. He didn't blame uh, blame uh, the priest at the synagogue. He didn't blame the Roman government. He says, hey, we deserve this. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is that we deserve this. But he doesn't. Notice what he says here. He says, but this man hath done nothing amiss. Even Pilate said it when he had the fake trial. He said, I find no fault in this man at all. I find no fault in him. And you can look for a billion years, you'll never find one fault in Jesus Christ. He has no faults. He's the altogether lovely one. Twelve disciples slept next to him and lived with him for three years and traveled with him and preached with him. Yet they couldn't find one fault, one blemish, because he was the perfect son of God. So what does he say? Be quiet. We deserve this. Verse 42. And he said unto Jesus, Lord. In other words, Savior. Master. God. Just that one word. By the way, Judas, who ended his life, went to hell. In the garden, he said, Master. Hey boss, Judas never called Jesus Lord because he never believed Jesus was God's son. He thought it was some political guy going to take over and overthrow the Roman government. Here's this thief on the cross. He looks and says, Lord! Guess when this thief got saved? Immediately. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Righteousness. He didn't have time to get baptized. He didn't have time to put money in the plate. He didn't have time to go to some addictions program and whip all his habits. He didn't have time to tell the murdered family, I'm sorry, and try to uh, make amends. He didn't have time to restore stolen goods. He was nailed. He's dying. His feet are filling the flames of fire. The demons are making room in hell for him. He says, Lord... And immediately, God wrote His name in the book of life, Amen. and God says, "Start building His mansion." And God covered His sins, and the Holy Spirit came. All these things happened immediately on that cross. One word. It represents, "Lord, remember me, when Thou comest into Thy kingdom." You know what Jesus could have said? Hey. What was it you were saying about me the last five hours? Jesus could have literally said this, and it wouldn't have been cussing. Go to hell! <laughs> he already was! There's a lot Jesus could have said. Oh, you bash me now. Now you want me to save you, huh? You murder, you live. Uh, you never needed me your whole life. Now at the last minute, you want me? Hey, forget it. Not going to do it pay for your own sins you don't believe I'm the Savior die without one there's so many things he could have said I love what he said today thou kind of personal he didn't say him today thou shalt be with me paradise here's your get out of jail card pal here it is Get out of hell card. Salvation. It's your lucky day. You got crucified, but you're one foot one foot away from the Savior. Wow. What a what a graceful God. Lessons quickly from the cross one sin is deceitful. I wonder if the thieves, when they started stealing when they were kids and stealing when they were teens, if they ever thought they would end up this way. Sin always gives you the big advertisement. It never reads you the fine print. You'll pay more than you decided to pay. Sin will take you where you never thought you'd go. It'll make you do things you never thought you would do. It'll give you a past you never wish you had. Sin's deceitful. No way in the world, these thieves said. I hope I grow up one day and get nailed on a cross and mocked and die. Not only that, God is patient. (laughs) If I was Jesus, I'm sorry. It's good I'm not. When he said, if you're the... I'd say, open up ground, drop him in. Jesus had to listen to this nonsense five, six hours on the cross Has He been patient with you? The first day you heard about Jesus, did you get saved and start living for Him and never missed a beat? He sure is patient. Number three, hell is real. If we could earn heaven on our own by going to church or turning over a new leaf or something we do, Jesus never had to take our hell on the cross. He died on the cross because there was no other way. We could not pay for our sins And earn heaven on our own, so the innocent one had to. Number four, salvation is free. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but Jesus washed it white as snow. I want to say this as well, and here's the point I like the best it's never too late. It's never too late. Well, this is it. We're crucified for our our murdering, for our thievery. No, it's not too late. Some of you right now, there's been things happen in your life and you say, it's too late for God to help me. Uh, You're wrong. You've been wrong before. And you're wrong right now. Someone has told you that. It's never too late. say, well, I'm in my 90s. It's never too late. never too late to get saved. Our merciful God has made it so the last sense that leaves a person when they die. They're dying in the hospital. They're in a car wreck. They're going into a coma. The last sense to leave is their hearing. I've been at car wrecks and I've gotten right next to people's ears. They're doing all the medical things to them, but I'm saying... Just in case you've never heard, let me tell you about the love of God and if you've never accepted Him, He'll save you right now. It's not too late. He'll save you. I've whispered that in the ears of people in hospitals. People on their deathbed. How come? It's never too late. William Cowper had a history of depression and probably clinical depression and battled it back in the 1800's decided to end his life took a great big butcher knife and started to plunge it into himself and the handle broke he decided to take a rope and strangle himself to death and the rope broke true story Walked by Lake Michigan, close to Chicago. Decided to jump in that icy cold lake and drowned. Someone from the shore spotted him thrashing in the water. Jumped in the lake, swam over and saved him. You think God might have a plan for his life? (laughs) And he wrote this, this poem, it's a song. God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. If you don't know that one, here's another song he wrote. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Help me. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. I love the last verse. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vilest he, wash all my sins away. William Cowper ended up joining a famous church, worked with their music, wrote hymn books, praising God's name. It's never too late to get saved. I want to say this, it's never too late to begin serving. Well, I've just never done anything for the Lord. I've been saved all these years. It's time to get busy. He's coming back. Amen. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's not just praising him like this. There's some things to do. There's souls to win. There's buses to drive. There's buses to fill. There's people to help. There's prayers to pray. There's missionaries to send. There's a heap of things that need to be done. Well, well, no one ever asked me. Ask the pastor. Ask Brother Pertle. Ask the staff. We have a whole list of things. You may never come home. It's never too late to become a soul winner. There's not a person in this room who's not saved outside of God saving your soul outside of another human being. God always uses people to introduce others to the Savior. Whether someone gave you a Bible or a gospel track or showed you the Jose cartoon or explained the gospel or taught you or one-on-one, not a one of us is saved who God didn't use somebody to help us come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm done with this because we have the Lord's Supper after we baptize. You ever wonder what it was like when Jesus bowed his head and died on the cross? The Bible says they asked Pilate for the body. Nicodemus, who we never knew if he got saved, we know he got saved. Him and Joseph of Arimathea took Jesus off the cross. And then the soldier said, you know, it's not good to leave these thieves on the cross because a holy day is coming up. You know, we have our religious holiday coming up. So we don't want them. You know, that just doesn't look good. Let's, let's take some bats and break their legs. Let's, let's break both of their legs so they can't pull themselves up and breathe anymore. How, how religious and nice of the church to do that, huh? When that thief finally stopped breathing his last breath, you ever wonder what it was like when the gates opened in heaven and he walked in? First one. First one after Jesus died. I think Jesus was there. Hey man, what took you so long? Well, they had to break my legs. <laughs> and Jesus said, well, they didn't break mine because I had to fulfill scripture. You know, bone of him will not be broken. I wonder what the angels did when they saw the thief. I thought maybe these questions would have been asked. What church are you a member of? You think the angels asked that? I don't either. Do you have a baptismal certificate? What good deeds have you done for God since you became a Christian? (laughs) When was your name written in God's Lamb's book of life? The thief probably would have said, Well, you probably need to look under recent entries. (laughs) That thief was just as welcome as Moses and John the Baptist and Elijah. I wonder how many people are going to be up in heaven... Because someone told the story and said, wasn't too late for the thief. It's not too late for you. wonder how many people going to be there because the guy got saved. I don't know if you're like me. I want to tell everyone that Jesus saves. I want to tell everybody. If you're here today, you're one or the other. You're the one that believed or you're the one that doesn't believe. You're the one that's accepting him Or you're the one that thinks he's just a man. When you die, eternity is so far different. So far different. Maybe you're here today and you thought you have to earn your way to heaven. You've got to buy your way. You've got to earn it. Turn over a new leaf. Change your life. No, it's just Jesus Christ. The grace of God. If you're here today, we invite you to meet him today. He'd like to meet you. He'd like to save you, forgive you. Give you a brand new start. If you're here, you've been saved, but have never been baptized since you got saved. That water won't save you, won't wash your sins away. It'll just show everybody you're not ashamed of that man in the middle.